Usual vault rules apply. Touch not, lest ye be touched. Welcome to Fireside. Issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti, and with me is my wonderful sidekick, Mauer. Beep you. That felt so weird. <laughs> Things are going to be a little weird in 2021. They sucked in 2020. They're going to get weird in 2021. Oh, uh, 2021 still feeling a little 2020 ish to me. I don't know about <laughs> you, but the, the remnants of 2020 are still uh, lingering. <laughs> well, the one nice thing about 2021 is we have with us Moshko. Moshko. It's been a long time. Should have left you Ooh, without a dope it. beat to step two, step two, step, step two, two, step two. I'm trying to stay <laughs> consistent with that. <laughs> He's going to throw out a line every time and we have to finish it. It's like name that tune fireside style. Well, it's our first show of 2021. And, and. And, and our first our first show with what or with who with me and you well that's no me we've always had show what <laughs> with no with the love between me and you well don't push it but i mean no. i just have a big <laughs> i have a heart for you well, i get where you're going i'm picking up what you're putting down you shovel you <laughs> i heart <laughs> you so I heart radio you. No. Okay. That you ruined, I it, ruined it. It's amazing how you said their full name and somehow ruined it. <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, this is our first show with iHeartRadio. Uh, we're, we're very appreciative. Uh, this has been a weird journey for us uh, with us going through Cumulus from the OG podcast network, then moving over to WABC and now iHeartRadio. I mean, we're just, uh, we're just, Ranking up the notches on the bedpost here, aren't we? <laughs> Listen, we are some radio hoes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hosts, but it's a lot funnier now. Yeah, no, we're some hoes. <laughs> that tea. There's some hoes on this podcast. <laughs> I got nothing. I can't. <laughs> I'm not even I, it's okay. It's all right. We've got. No. Look, we've been out of the uh, out of the swing Ooh. of things for a little while now. I mean, we. This is probably the longest time we've gone. Without recording. Yeah. This is by far the longest vacation we've ever had. And, and look, there was a lot of things going on, and there's a, a lot of reasons, especially with 2021, or 2020 being the way that it was, uh, an extra break was, was pretty much needed. But on that note, it's also important to say that starting with this show, things are going to run a little different because we, you won't be hearing the same voices as regularly as, as you're used to hearing. Uh, so both Baby Huey and Features are taking a little bit of a break. Uh, they will come back. The door is always open. The seat's always there for them, but they got some things that they got to deal with um, and we'll be here to support them when they're ready to come back. Yep. But like we said in 2020, we had planned on some big things for 2021 anyway. And what that means is we are expanding the Fireside family. Uh, we've decided that more voices need to be heard 
So expect to have more guest hosts like Moshko and maybe some Ooh. surprise guests if you look at our video banner to, for some names you might have heard in the past. <laughs> yeah, I, I finally made it. I am in the video. It's, <laughs> you are. It's, it's, it's all set in stone now. It's official. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Moshko's part of the group now. Like, not just like there, but like truly there. Not, you know, not behind the scenes doing all that stuff. <laughs> He's in print now. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have shares yet? Shit. Oh, Ooh. stop, stop. Don't uh, don't do this. Okay. <laughs> stop right stop right there. That's not a conversation we want to have recorded. Okay. All right, let's talk about the news. <laughs> now, what kind of news we got today, man? Well, okay, first off, before we even get into this, Lots because it's a Saturday show and not a Friday show. And not a Wednesday um, show. We had we had even moving into this week, we've had horrible technical problems. Uh, so bear with us. But because of that, we're gonna try and condense this week's shows into one. We're going to shoot for an hour, but let's be honest, this might be, I don't know, this might be our longer one, because not only are we going to do a regular news show trying to catch up on all that we missed, we're going to try and catch up on everything we missed since November of last year. So <laughs> and we got a lot to go through. If so this really doesn't sound hours. how you would expect it, there may still be some technical difficulties on my side. I apologize. <laughs> hey, we're going to get there. We're, look, you, you would think that 2020 would have prepared us for 2021, but it has not, as you can all tell. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into this the the news events first. Let's just get right into that, get that out of the way. I have a feeling that's going to take the majority of this, and then we're going to rapid fire through the end of 2020 and the beginning of 2021 so far. So uh, as far as some of our stories that we're going to talk about, we've got D- uh, Deadpool joining the MCU. We got the new DC multiverse. And we have Wonder Woman going for every single Oscar known to man. And losing and all woman. of them. <laughs> Sorry. So all right, let's just get let's just get into comics. Look, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about Wonder Woman on this show, I have a feeling. Uh, so sure, let's just get right into comics first, get that out of the way, and then we'll move into it. So right off the bat, let's go ahead and talk about Miles Morales, Spider Man number twenty two. Uh so spoilers uh, spoiler alert if this is a book that you're reading and you're not currently caught up. But a character that we mentioned a while back seems like she's going to become a little bit more important than we maybe first uh, expected. So a while back, you may remember we talked about Starling, who is the granddaughter, uh, granddaughter of Vulture, of, of Adrian yeah. Toomes, and she has a very, very similar Vulture appearance. She does have; she has like essentially a pink Vulture costume. Well, he gave it to her and told her to go live out her dreams. I loved her her introduction because it made tombs so much more interesting. It almost you know I mean? made tombs closer to the cartoon where he wasn't really a bad guy, bad guy. Uh, uh, I mean, I guess that all depends on which episode you watch. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's not, that's not completely true, but he, it does make comic version of uh, vulture a lot more appealing as far as more nuanced. Cause now that we know that he was doing a lot of the crimes for his, his goddaughter, cause her father left, and, and he became the, the real supporter of the family, but that's part of the reason that he became the supervillain, uh, the Vulture. So the reason why we're bringing her up, the reason why we're talking about her is it seems like she's going to be the new love interest of Miles Morales. Um, there has always been this on and off thing with her, and, or excuse me, with him and um, Spider-Gwen. I don't know if that's going to continue to be a thing. I also know that Starling has already had issues with some of the people in the Champions. I mean, I know her and Miss Marvel are not very friendly and where at the same time miles and miss marvel are very friendly like those two are extremely close Yeah, that's going to be a weird uh, dynamic with the uh, the big kiss that happened and then miles having to go talk to ms marvel and being like so you know that girl yeah. you hate you know we're kind of a thing now 
she's going to be coming around a little bit more. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. And I like, I like this kind of path that they're going with Miles when kind of breaking off from the, the I mean, they've been doing this for a bit, but it seems like it's truly div- uh, separating from the Peter Parker yeah. um, tone that it, it gets a lot, like this kind of filter they put on top of it where it just seems like an updated Peter Parker story where now it's really, really coming into its own. Like this is a, it's a miles thing. Like miles, miles, Spider-Man truly, truly feels like miles and miles yeah. alone. And I feel that with this character, Tiana Toomes, they're doing her development the right way. She was introduced in uh, miles Morales, Spider-Man number five. So April of last year, and they gave her time to just kind of make a few appearances here and there. And now developing her more of an, uh, uh, mainstream story. She didn't get shoved down anybody's throat, but it's how characters develop that end up staying uh, and, and going through the long run. This feels very much like a Ms. Marvel development, where just kind of let it happen naturally, and now look at Ms. Marvel's impact on the Marvel universe in a grand scheme. Absolutely. All right. Normally, I'd say let's keep this going, but with the amount of things that we're going to try and run through, let's uh, let's keep this. Moving. All right. Let's get into a little bit of Walking Dead news, just because I think this is wildly interesting, and would love to see an- another version of the Walking Dead attempted with this original story well, thought and uh, story minded. Mike Drop Mauer prediction in mind. <laughs> I think we're going to get a Walking Dead remix story, their own Elseworlds, where he can do all the different stories like this. Well, so what we heard recently was Kirkman actually wasn't sure how long the, the Walking Dead book would run. As we know, the very famous story, one of my all-time favorite comic book stories, of how he lied to get this book in print to begin with, th- there was no real push for Image to make The Walking Dead in the beginning. No, God, right? no. I mean, hell, they expected an alien an invasion within the first couple issues, uh, which, I mean, obviously never happened. Well, that's not true. It did happen. There was that weird dream sequence issue. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that turned out to be a joke and everything was in color. Remember, they were all superheroes and that never. Um, but Robert Kirkman had this interesting idea, not knowing how long Rick would last or how long he could keep the, the, sh- the story going with Rick, was to set up a Shane versus Carl dynamic for the r- entirety of The Walking Dead. It wasn't until uh, towards that Shane Rick confrontation that we all we all know. Um, it wasn't until that started happening they realized the book was going to keep going, and they decided to keep Rick alive. But at that point, Shane was actually going to kill Rick, and Carl was going to be in the woods and watch it happen. And Carl wasn't going to tell anybody, and Shane was going to become the Rick. Can I say so something? In the middle of, I love that. Idea. I think that would have been a much better story. Oh, <laughs> stop it! Walking Dead's still really good. It's good, I would but just love that. I'd love that one as it well. It would have given Carl a much bigger purpose. Sure. And because we, I mean, we said it a million times, the book's about Carl, right? This is, this show's about Carl, the book's about Carl. And then they just slowly kept proving us wrong as time went on, right? I mean, <laughs> we, Carl never really became what, what we thought he would in the comics because Rick really stayed pretty prominent through the entire run, as well as in the show, obviously Chandler Riggs didn't make it. So Carl's impact was a lot less than i expected it to be when the end came around now if an old man carl i would have loved old man carl yeah if they do a elseworlds type story with walking dead though and say well what if this happened that would be cool and i think you're seeing more and more robert kirkman talking about different ideas he had for walking dead which makes me think he's itching to get back and write some stories well, we know that there's that animated, well, it's rumored, but that rumored animated show in the works. 
how cool if the animated show was this alternate tale. That's a good way to get black and white animated walking dead with this story instead. That would be a great way to get, you know, people that watch the show, read the comic to watch something again and also attract new people that might be like, Oh, well it's already spoiled for me. Oh yeah. I'd, uh, and I would be take, just take my money. Like you could have Mm -hmm. access to my bank account. If you pull that off AMC, I'd be all over that streaming service in a heartbeat and have it animated (laughs) by Todd McFarlane. Ooh. 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 That would be really good. <laughs> Think about it though. It, like 30 seconds worth of time within the first six books would completely change the entire series, the entire outcome. So I'm I'm all for it. I'd love to see something change. I'd love to see more of this world in a better way than what's being given to us. You know, Can we right get now. a meeting with McFarlane and uh Kirkman and be like, listen, guys. We know you've been real successful on your own. <laughs> Life is good. But it could be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, it really would. It would be a payoff that we never got. That's what I that's why I would like this story. It would be the the the, the Carl payoff that we never saw. <sighs> and maybe we'll get that with Judith. Who knows? No. But as of right now, uh, that's uh, a hope and kind of a cool little factoid. Let's get into the most comp- convoluted probably news story that we're going to get into let's just get this one out of the way it's our last bit of comic news and it's probably going to take the most to explain uh, i here's the, okay tell you what this bit of news needs its own issue i think this needs its own story to truly go into so we'll only go I, into I, it a little bit <laughs> i will give bit. you a teaser of what we really should spend an entire 30 minutes to an hour long issue explaining but the dark knight's death metal event ended uh and what it means for the future of DC is way bigger than anything I would have ever I did not see the crossover with Bill and Ted coming. <laughs> Could you imagine? Dude, that would have been amazing. <laughs> that would have been, okay. So, and before I go down on a tangent on what Wild that would be like. Wild stallions. Let's, uh, let's, I, I don't even want to re- rehash the entire death metal book. I just think that this is, if you're a DC fan, you need to read this story. It's this is a crisis event if there's ever been one. This is on par with Crisis and in Infinite Earths, Infinite Crisis, Zero Hour, Final Crisis. I mean, this is on par with all of the major uh, shakeups that DC has ever gone through, if not even more. Well, we thought Dark Knight's Metal changed the DC universe, <laughs> not to this. Time. And then we were oh, like, no. "Oh, it's a big game changer." This, and then you read this and you go, "That wasn't shit." Like, well. You know what? You know why? It's because death metal never felt like it took itself very seriously to be how serious it is. Like it's kind of a goofy book <laughs> when you look at it on its. Or like if it's just you know what it is. It's like a it's 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 like a comic nerd's fever dream. I was just gonna <laughs> say that not a fever That's dream, but a dream. It is to comics as Army of Darkness is to horror movies. Oh, I love that. I lo- absolutely. I love that. Yeah. No, Mike Drop Mauer. Absolutely. That's a good one. Uh, so this is what it means for the future of DC. Here's, here's the, the quick, without talking about the story at all, no spoiler alert, no spoils, except for the future of DC. That's going to be a big spoiler. But as far as what happens <laughs> with the Batman who laughs and all that, but future of DC, big spoiler there. Uh, there is no real, there's no such thing as continuity for them anymore. Um, that's probably the biggest part of this. <laughs> you get an earth uh, and you get an earth and you get an earth. Everybody gets an earth. So, okay, so Crisis on Infinite Earth removes the multiverse, right? Consolidates the media into one universe, makes storytelling easier. Uh, Infinite Crisis brings the multiverse back. Final Crisis makes the heroes aware of the multiverse now 
and death metal makes the heroes aware of every crisis that happened in the past. So now Batman is aware of every single thing that has ever happened to him through his continuity since the beginning. This connects Superman all the way back to the 40s. Wonder Woman all the way back to the beginning. Every character now knows exactly what has happened to him from the, the history of DC. Through every and different multiverse through, yeah. story as well. Every iteration of them. So every time they were rebooted, they remember each reboot now. Like that's, it's, that's all a wild concept right there, but we're, we haven't even cracked this, uh, this nut yet. So next thing, they are no longer the center of the DC multiverse. Weird. I don't know. That's a weird decision in the first place, but they are just one of the many uh, universes that are out there. It's pretty much straight. Uh, um, what's the, what does Marvel do? Uh, many worlds theory. Yeah. It's pretty much the many worlds theory. It's the omniverse. The multiverse within the omniverse is just a never ending series of multiverses that DC is now just, or DC Comics continuity is just one small imprint. So everything that happens from now on, if the writers go, you know what, I didn't like this, or this story didn't go very well, it's just another universe. It is not normal continuity. There's, continuity doesn't have the, the, the power it once did at DC. Because now we've got the two middle planets, the two middle universes, we have Elseworlds, and then the one that's yet to be named. One, and it sounds very much like Apocalypse, and where does High Father rule? Um, where is uh, the new gods? Moshko. Working on oh, it. I forget. <laughs> I forget. It's Apocalypse. Uh, whatever. Okay, so it's the, 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 the planet of hope and the planet of evil. That's what it kind of seems like we're getting from these middle two worlds. God only knows what's going to come from them. You know whose Earth, I think, is going to be the center? Our Earth. I think yeah, Earth Prime. Earth, like, well, because they're not. Yeah, they're not Prime anymore. Yeah, I think there's no such thing as Earth I Prime. I think we're technically going to be Earth Prime now. And there's no such thing as Earth One. There's no such thing as Earth Two. Like the numbers are kind of all gone at this point. I mean, they do exist, but they're not what they used to be. It's going to be good. And I think this lends credit to what we were talking about about those new books coming out. Remember how I said, you know, my thought was it was going to be like something in the future, but like a side story and else story where they can change it with the way that this story ended, they can do whatever the hell they want with those miniseries and then jump back right back into where they are. Sure. Like, look at Future State. God only knows where Future State, like, if it, if it does well, this is the future of DC Comics. If it doesn't do well, it's just going to get ignored as another universe. Yeah, another story. And, and I'll tell you what, Batman, pretty cool book. Really enjoyed Batman Future State, like, of, like Bruce Wayne Batman. I haven't, I haven't checked out New Batman yet, but Bruce Wayne Batman was great. And they can do what they did, you know, with the Batman who laughs and just pull things they really like into the main stories that they're telling. Oh, you know what? We really liked the bad guy in uh, Gotham by Gaslight. Well, now that guy's over here and we're using him. Uh, time's not going to matter. It's, it's allowing, it's giving a kid all the toys in the play box to play with at any given point. Now, yeah, with them all rules. knowing everything... I can't wait, and this is just me because I'm a fan, I can't see, wait to see what the Riddler does with all this knowledge. Oh, that's a good point. I even think about like, certain like, s smaller characters now having all this knowledge as well. Because here, like, here's what's even more, like, more wild to it. A character like Supergirl is aware of her plot holes. Like, she's aware that she messed up the continuity. She knows like, her, her life is Power Girl and like, all of that stuff. She's entire, like everything. It's it's bizarre. It's a it was a bizarre decision. We'll see where they go with it. Uh, it, it, it this feel, to me to to jump ahead of what we'll talk about later. This feels like 
the end. Uh, oh man, maybe I can't. Maybe this is too spoilery to say. Well, we'll talk about it. We have a whole show on it. We'll do this show next week. Well, this, I was going to talk about Star Wars, but okay, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to reference it to Star Wars, but I think that might be too spoilery as well. All right, let's move into TV. Um, first things first, Mauer. Yeah, your time is slowly coming. Listen, <laughs> I was real, real excited, and then I got a little, eh, and then I got really more excited. Than, like, Moon Knight is going to be a make it or break it for me. And I'm just going to let everybody know, when this airs for the first time, don't text me, don't call me, give me a day to react, because I'm either going to be ecstatic or, or super depressed. Um... These I want I want a live stream from you. <laughs> that, you know what? That's what I want. I, I might want do to that. See that. I would watch a live. I would want you watching. I would watch you watch the first episode without me even getting a chance to see the first episode. I would spoil the first episode for me just to watch your. Reaction. I can do that. Maybe I'll get a camera on me because we can't show the episode, and I'll just give a syncing, like a time clock, and you can sync the episode up as I'm watching it. That would be a blast. I would do that in a heartbeat. All right. But anyway, the cinematographer, uh, Gary Middleton, t- talked about his new job on the set, and he was the first person to confirm who our Moon Knight is, being Oscar Isaac. Now, Marvel hasn't said, yes, it's him, but you know, with him going, I can't wait. You're, it's going to be an honor to work with him. You, we now know who our Moon Knight is. The weird thing is, and I think why Marvel did not make this announcement is up until recent events with Shia LaBeouf, he was still talking to them about a mystery role. I still think to this day, he was their number one choice for Moon Knight, but because of the drama in his life, they couldn't figure out if they were going to sign him or not. Stuff, they heard stuff was coming out, they handed it to Oscar, but they didn't make the announcement yet. Mm, come in. That's a good idea. That's a good thought. Come I, into I today, and we now knew who our villain's going to be. And it's going to be Ethan Hawke. Ooh. <laughs> now, Ooh. as excited as I am for that, he's somebody I never would have thought of. He's a perfect Moon Knight. Yeah, he's just probably a little, little older to, to helm the franchise at this point. He, to be the, the face of the do franchise. Do you think he's that much older than uh, Oscar Isaac? Old enough. So, and I don't, th- and I also don't think he's got the. I don't think he's got the. Uh, I don't think he's got the, the name that he once did when you compare him to Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, because of Star Wars, his name is at a point now where he's like the franchise guy. And I think they need that for Moon Knight to get people attracted to it. But they haven't announced his role, and I'm going to say he could be a few different people, but I would love to see him be Dracula. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be really cool. Yeah, I, I'd be in I think, and that ties into Blade. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be awesome. I think he'd be a very good... Because he's a big enough name that you want him to be in different projects. So he has to be a character that's not directly tied to Moon Knight, like Bushman, or uh, any of the other characters. So if you have him be Dracula, he can now go through Blade. He can go into any of those Orpheus. mystical characters and be impactful. Yeah, I love that. Idea. Or he could be Jack Russell. Hmm. Mm. I like. Th- I think the Dracula idea is better. Do you want to give a quick Jack Russell? Jack Russell is werewolf from Werewolf by Night. Um, he is a werewolf. He is where uh, Moon Knight uh, debuted in Werewolf by Night number thirty-two. 
which I am saying it now. I will have that book in the next three months. <laughs> do you think they're going to do Werewolf by Night? I think we're going to get a flashback of Werewolf by Night. I think we're going to get, and we talked about this, go back to our Moon Knight issue. I think he's going to be manipulated as a merc to go after the Werewolf by Night and then realize that he's really a good guy and that's what makes him not be a merc anymore. And it might also be what causes him to get the the damaged personas. I have a feeling his personas are going to come from uh, being attacked and left for dead after he's a merc going after the werewolf by night. If that makes mm. sense. Kinda. I, I'm I'm interested to see if it goes that supernatural that that early. Because they're well, they're filming in Budapest, which makes me think they're going more supernatural. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's use this as a segue into the to the next bit of news, which is Kevin Feige talking about whether or not certain shows are going to get a second se- or get a second season or not. And I think he what he pretty much said is that certain shows are written uh, to only be a single one and done kind of like a mini series. Which didn't some he of them say that initially? Written. Did he? I'm pretty sure when they announced the Disney Plus deal, he said there's going to be some shows that just connect movies together, and then there's going to be ongoing series. Well, so then he absolutely confirmed that recently in an interview with, I believe, comicbook.com, I believe. Yep. Um, it could be the Hollywood Reporter. But uh, point being is Moon Knight seems like it's going to be a show that is multiple seasons. Like, it seems like it's designed to be a Disney Plus show that will keep going like a da- daredevil on Netflix. Meanwhile, WandaVision think- mm-hmm. seems like it's just going to be a show that connects us from the end of Endgame to Doctor Strange 2. Mm-hmm. I guess it really depends on on how well the show does. Like, I bet you if the streaming numbers are good enough, it gets another season just because someone's going to want to figure it out. But I think depends. the name might change at that point. Yeah. Oh, sure. It, yeah, I'd give you that. It's going to depend how it flows into yeah. that movie and what. Because I think by the end of that, the series or the season, you're going to see it go right into the movie. And I think Wanda's going to be the bad guy moving forward. I think she's going to be a villain in the in the MCU for a while. So I think Vision might get his own show after Doctor Strange 2. It's interesting. I'll tell you, uh, for those first, first two episodes, they were, um, they were unique, to say the least. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but in my mind, here's how it's going to work. We have a series based on Wanda's world of losing everything. Goes into Doctor Strange 2. She goes to the other side, so then we have a bookend show focused on Vision, and now he's lost everything. Oh, and then maybe he makes Viv and he does the actual. Yep. Like, so it's, so it's like Pleasantville vision for season two. Yep. That's a cool idea. That's a cool, that's a cool way to, to merge those two together. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Keeping this going with Kevin Feige a little bit further. He also said that, uh, you know, never say never, but there is no plans for the Daredevil uh, Netflix characters to show up at all. The reason I want to get that story out of the way is because I've got a couple other stories that are going to contradict that. So <laughs> and a couple uh, stories start that contradict the contradictions. Yep. So I- I'm just at a point now where I believe that everyone at Marvel or everyone at Star Wars or everyone at Disney just lies. They took lessons <laughs> so, from Stephen Amell. Uh, I'm going to say Stephen Amell got that from them. <laughs> <laughs> I think Disney sets the bar. Um, but Kevin Feige says, you know, never say never. I've worked at Marvel long enough that uh, you know things like this could happen. Uh, which leads our into our next rumored news here where Kristen Ritter might show up as Jessica Jones in She-Hulk. 
Now, to contradict Which that, love. she just did an interview basically saying she's done with the role. Um, and what, do I think I'll play her again? I don't think so. I feel like I've played her, you know. I really feel good about it. Uh, I feel good about closing the door. And the showrunner even feels like I think it's just a completed closed chapter. I mean, never say never, <laughs> but I feel like I'm ready to tell new stories. So in other words, never say never. she will be playing this role soon because <laughs> this is how it happens. Well, you have Somebody to also says, remember, I'd like to do it. Then they deny it and then they end up doing it. She's also had kids and has moved out of the acting world a little bit. So I don't know if Kristen Ritter even wants to go back into a show like that. Her priorities yeah. may have changed. Yeah. Remember that that uh, She-Hulk is looking like it's going to be a, a comedy. So it's not going to be the same as her show at all. <laughs> so it's right off the bat going to be different. And also, it's Disney money. Like God only knows what they offer, especially with these new contracts where they, you know, because of the theaters being the way that they are, that the streaming service contracts are now much bigger deals than they used to be. We'll see. Her signing bonus would probably be pretty wild. I've said this how long now? Jessica Jones season one was my favorite of the Netflix shows. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see more Jessica, but I'm not going to hold out hope. I will hold out hope for the next piece of news, though. Well, before we even get to the next piece of news, because I, I just want to wrap before you want to get to movie news. Yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah. Before you get to movie news, let's just talk real quick. Critics' Choice Awards because they're superhero category. The so what awards? Real fast. <laughs> uh, the Critics' Choice. The that's Critics the one Choice that's awards. right after what? the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. Is that the one they give the surfboards out? <laughs> <laughs> the slime things? Is that? Ugh. All right. John Cena was the host, right? Best superhero movie. Old Guard. I really liked Old Guard. Entertaining. So I enjoyed that quite a bit. Can't wait for a sequel. Old Guard, if you haven't seen it, it's worth your time. It's on Netflix. It's pretty good. Uh, then we've got what? Anthony Starr, uh, who is Homelander, is best TV superhero actor. That's Can't bullshit. That. Um, I, I'll take that. Sure. I. You know what? Someone put up the other day that I thought was wild. Could you imagine him as Reverse Flash? He'd be good, but I still think the best, be awesome best superhero flash. actor to me is, you know, Tom Ellison Lucifer. <laughs> oh, well, did, did that was Lucifer out this year? Yeah. This year's just, it's been so long. <laughs> this year's been its own decade, so I'm not quite sure where everything falls anymore. <laughs> that is true. Um, uh, okay, then he also got, Anthony Starr also got best TV villain. Um, then so how can you get superhero boys- actor and TV villain? I'm just saying. Well, because one is this one's the superhero has its own category. Okay. What? So he was the best you're superhero actor me, as well as best TV villain. You're telling me an award show has just superhero categories now? Is that yeah. what I'm hearing? Well, because they don't want they don't want they don't the superhero content to be mixed with everything else. This is to me, it feels very much like when uh, the uh, Oscars wanted to have the popularity contest. Yeah. Remember that when they were like, this is the popular category. It's not the you know we don't think it's the best, but you do. <laughs> so so then what we're saying is the superhero categories, movies, content, everything doesn't hold a candle to the other type that they need a separate. I, so it, it's kind of like when you're saying. talking about film and movies. I know there was a uh, director that talked about that. Do you remember his name? Uh, mm, Scorsese. Scorsese. Is that the name? Scorsese. <laughs> Nicholas I mean, Cage. When you, guys, when you guys are done, let <laughs> me know. <laughs> we have to put Nicholas Cage in every show, one way or another. Yeah. Um, Side note: Watch the history of excellent. curse words. 
was just going there. Oh yeah, the first episode was was amazing. All right, uh, but anyway, A Cash also wins for uh, best TV superhero actress. That's who was um, Stormfront. Awesome. And then when we get into movies, Ewan McGregor wins uh, best superhero movie actor. And then uh, Margot Robbie wins best superhero movie actor. So I will give it to Ewan McGregor. Um, and I said, I really like Bop. I feel that they didn't know where to go with the direction of Black Mask in that movie. There were some parts where he seemed a little out of it, and some parts he was scary as hell. But he did a hell of a job in that movie. Absolutely. Completely agree. All right. You wanted to get into movie news? We're in movie news. What's up? Awesome. Side note, because I'm trying to find the source of this, but I read earlier that uh, Doctor Strange 2 has been put on hold f- uh, for COVID reasons, so production is Uh-oh. at a halt right now. Man. Can't find the source right this second, but it's one of the you know major sites that we well, with, uh, look at. It's the most annoying with Marvel because that pushes everything else back. Right. I don't... So I, I think other things push that back already, and they're just they're going to start blaming things as they go along because we knew it, that got pushed back a whole lot because of WandaVision got pushed back. So we'll see. WandaVision also, also took the place of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yep. Um, but that also got, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier got shut down more than this because WandaVision is mostly studio work. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is not. Well, you know who's helping all these studios out with their COVID protocols? Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. That's why he flipped out on set. Um, all the major studio heads have been contacting him with the protocols that he's been putting in place, which is you know, the whole big him flipping out thing. But he's literally reporting back to Disney and all the studios saying, this is working. This is where we're struggling. This is where we need more space. Um, he's rented out cruise ships for all the staff to isolate in. Like, uh, He wants the world to be able to film these movies again for the actors, but as well as for us to have content. So we're going to see a big ramp up in movies, I think, in the next two to three months, like back to normal levels in TV shows. But in movie news, speaking of Kevin Fahey saying things aren't going to happen, we may have just had an actor wrap up a return to a role that we've been waiting for. That's right, Daredevil. Oh, that's where we're going. <laughs> okay. All right. Gotcha. Left turn. Um. <laughs> So the rumor is Charlie Cox has filmed his uh, cameo minor part in Spider-Man Homecoming 3, which is the working title. Um, And we can assume it's just going to be him as Matt Murdock as Spider-Man's lawyer, which is cool. Yep, I'm I'm 100% into that. Oh, we missed over the break that everybody that's ever been associated with Spider-Man is coming back for this movie. Just blanket statement well, yeah i figured we would talk about that on the what we miss area but that's fine yeah we'll, we'll go into more detail about that in a second but we're going back into daredevil for one more moment just to throw a wrench in the gears here with what you just said about how everybody's going to be in this movie do you guys see the the quicksilver um leaked photo for wandavision no no this isn't this might not be real so bear with me here this is completely rumor and it's really it's a far away fuzzy shot but rumor is that uh quicksilver shows back up but not the mcu quicksilver fox's quicksilver isn't that actor reportedly very close with one of the actors that's in the show though well he they apparently the photo shows him in costume as oh really 
Yeah, but you can't really. It's hard to see because he's got the jacket on. You know what I mean? When they always, like, yeah. I guess they're cold or they're trying to hide from the cameras. So you can't really tell. And it might not even be him. So this is one of those rumors that it's hard to take serious. But what if that's where Daredevil comes from as well? What if Daredevil isn't his lawyer? He's just Daredevil pulled from another universe. Because if, if we're talking Spider-Verse for Spider-Man and Multiverse of Madness, what if, what if there is no real Spider-Verse and it's just the Multiverse of Madness? What if we get Ben Affleck as Daredevil? Could you imagine? Could you imagine <laughs> that, Daredevil? That super Daredevil dope costume up? in the MCU. Just with, just with Charlie Cox. <laughs> so, so the actor's name is Evan Peters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were rumors back in June of last year that he uh, filmed scenes for WandaVision. Um, how true that is, I'm not entirely sure at this point. But, That's what I mean. You know, we'll see. There are legitimate ru- rumors out there, though, that he filmed and he signed. And we know that WandaVision ties directly into Spider-Man 3. So what if? the same thing that brings Quicksilver in is the same thing that brings Daredevil in instead of him just being a character that was in the world. Ooh, here, here's one. Now, there's also a fan theory that he is actually Mephisto. That, in, that in the... Quicksilver's Mephisto? Y- the, well, the actor playing him is, yes, is being Quicksilver, oh, but is... I hate if that dude was, was Mephisto. No, but he's acting as if he's Quicksilver, Quicksilver. Quicksilver. but he's Mephisto. That would actually be cool because that would tie it directly into... Doctor, Doctor Strange, Strange 2, it would tie it into Spider-Man. You could have Mephisto being taking these forms of not quite people they're used to seeing. Like, you see a Ben Affleck as Daredevil. He's not really the Daredevil they're used to. But everybody sees him as Daredevil. I'm just saying that. But he could make appearances as these kind of off characters. That'd be cool. The, the, the Marvel world is opening up to a, a level that I didn't think the MCU would ever get to. Well, We're talking Mephisto multiverses. Here's what I'm seeing about the Marvel universe right now. They finally have gone past the um, we're like above everybody and just doing some fun stupid stuff too. Like MCU always felt like they took themselves very seriously and this is how we do things. We have our jokes but this is our baby and you're all outside of it. But now that they own everything, they're like, crap, we have all these toys. We used to make fun of you, but now we're going to use you. <laughs> and we're going to have fun with you our way. So it could be really cool. I'm excited. I just want to see more supernatural shit from the MCU. And there are multiple articles about this that were released in the last 24 hours. About what? About what I just mentioned with um, Quicksilver and Mephisto. and Yeah. Wow. Well, this show just got a lot more intriguing. Um, okay, let's just rattle off these last couple bits then. Um, all right, moving in. Uh, Warner Brothers and the Justice League Ray Fisher debacle that's been going on for a while. When will that's this end? Over. Sorry it's, to cut well, you off, but when will this end? It's not over for Ray Fisher, but it's pretty much over. <laughs> Marvel, or not Marvel, DC, Warner Brothers, they're, they're like, okay, we're done. We're moving on. He got kicked from The Flash. Apparently, they say it's a cameo. He says on Twitter it's a much larger role, but he doesn't really care. He, according to him, he's he. It's what? What was the quote? It's more more important to hold people responsible if that and if that is and if I have to say goodbye to the cyborg life, then so be it, or something along those lines. Yep. Yeah, um. And like it, now he's saying he'll take a polygraph. Polygraph. If you believe what you're saying, you're going to pass it. You know, we still haven't gotten to the meat and potatoes of anything. Well, that's that's because nobody released anything. But uh, but apparently, Warner Brothers has finished it. They didn't. They they did what they did. Um, 
uh, what's his name, got removed, uh, Joss Whedon got removed from his show on HBO, and that seems like it's now the end of it. So uh, I think, I feel like it's done as long as people don't give Ray Fisher more of a voice, because he's not done. He thinks that the president of Warner Brothers is doing what they can to hold Jeff John to save <laughs> Jeff Johns' career. That's his whole thing. Because Jeff Johns is involved in producing so many Warner Brothers And they were projects. vice presidents to, uh, together. Right. So he believes that this is all a cover-up to save Jeff Johns. But at, at this point, it feels very moot. The only thing. way he can win is to do what I've been saying from the beginning, is just to lay everything out on the line. His career with Warner Brothers is done. He's already said that. As long as, uh, what's his name? Wayne or Walter Hamada? As long as Walter Hamad is there, he's not going to work with them. So you might as well just lay your cards on the table and either get popular, you know, everybody to side with you to push him out. That's the only way this is going to happen. Well, apparently he got support from, uh, I mean, we know that um, my, uh, Jason Momoa. Momoa did. And apparently Gail Gadot did as well. well I didn't she see didn't, say anything about it. She didn't give she him did. support. Everybody read it as that. She said, I was a part of the interview, but I wasn't there on set when all these bad things were supposedly happening. I had my issues with Joss Whedon, but we, I got it fixed. Her issues were with Joss Whedon was the scene where Flash falls on top of Wonder Woman, the same joke that he did in Age of Ultron. She didn't want to do it, so he filmed it with a body double. Sure, yeah, okay, I get but that. Like, but, I mean, what's his name? Um, ben Affleck also just came out and said that that, you know, Justice League was tough for him. <laughs> well, uh, but who knows what's all years. connected and what's not. And because of, because of uh, NDAs, I don't think much is going to come out. I, I think the, the likelihood of someone getting sued, if this ever hits, like whatever the real story is, if there is a real story. Well, just remember, um, NDAs do not apply if it's a crime or workplace harassment. So that's, if, if it was legitimate workplace harassment, where he's saying blatant racism, an NDA will not hold that from being released. I mean, again, we'll see. This, it, I don't see this becoming bigger, yeah. but who knows? I mean, if, if the last year and a half has told us anything, is <laughs> there's, you can't say definitively you know anything that's about to happen. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I would like... Here we are still in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> I would like things just to be done with that though i think they are as long it won't be for him no it won't be for him if you follow him on twitter instagram you're going to hear stuff if the news articles are going to keep writing stories about it and if some legitimate evidence comes out i say we talk about it again but until that i'm out i'm done all right let's talk about the uh the golden piece oh, of crap in the middle of the room <laughs> <laughs> so water <laughs> wonder woman 84 uh, the news is for some unbeknownst reason. I don't know why anyone would decide to do because they're taking way. their piece of golden crap, throwing it at the wall and seeing if it sticks. So nothing well, else came out this year. So let's exactly do that. Throw everything at and see what happens. Probably How many Critics point. Choice Awards did this movie win? Was it eligible? Because it didn't win any. How's it going to win an Oscar? What? This is going for one, two, fourteen, all of them. three, four, five, 14. all categories. It's it's going literally for every category at the Oscars. It, it thinks that it's it's capable of winning. Oh, okay. So here, why don't we just get this out of the way real quick, round robin? What'd you think of Wonder Woman eighty four? Not Oscar worthy <laughs> for anything. Not good. 
Not. I didn't hate it, but it's not great. It, it, it's it, in my opinion, is the worst of the DCEU movies. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that, but it's definitely nestled right there in the middle of the bad ones. Like, and, and we've talked about this offline. They made some of the same mistakes they made in the beginning. They made choices that made decisions in the movie have no weight where they could have just changed a line and completely changed the impact of the story. The CGI was bad, and they did a great job with, uh, what's her name? Kristen Wiig. I loved her look in her fight scene before she was actually Cheetah. Like, that scene and whatever the building they were, the outfit she was wearing, the attitude, like, I got excited. And then the next time you see her... when she says the line, when when she's like, I want to be an apex predator... It felt so out of character. Like, I get that she's building to that moment, but it didn't feel like someone would naturally say no. that. You know what I mean? Mm. I wish to be an apex predator. I, 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 said this, <laughs> I said this to, I don't know if it was you, Maurer, or somebody else. Like, I enjoyed every single part of the movie where they were not in costume or being, you know, Wonder Woman, Cheetah. When she was Diana, like, the movie was okay. It wasn't bad. I you know, kind of enjoyed that, but as soon as it, it went into that other area of, you know, the superhero, it, it the took one me out thing of it. that I, I find the funniest about this, the, that the whole movie, cause I didn't think about, I, I've watched the movie two and a half times at this point. Cause I watched it once with my mom. I watched it with my stepmom Cause they were both very excited. Cause again, Linda Carter fans love this movie. Um, but I try to watch it with my niece. So that's why I saw like a short period of it, but I didn't put into like I didn't think morally about what it would be to have Chris Pine's character take over the body of another guy. You mean the rape scene? And then, and then they just use him. <laughs> like they, there's this moral But amb- that could have been so surprised. poignant in the movie, where rather her, than her go, oh, I lose my boyfriend where I have my powers, where she would have to think about, I have to take this guy's life from him so I can have somebody's life. And they could have showed like the guy's family or friends looking for him. Like that would have made that moment and that choice amazing and tied the story into this bigger thing. But instead they just went, well, you have to choose. They wanted to give her the love story without any of the, the, the horribleness that actually is going on there that I never crossed my but mind. But the end of it was the same as the first movie. You can win if you give up your boyfriend. But, and you're telling me no one in that man's family was wishing for him to come back. <laughs> What the, like, that's a good point. Like, what would have that's happened? That's a good point. That would have been amazing. I wish the, this the was on video. I'm both. fired up about this movie. It, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, it's not a very good movie. Uh, but so like, there, her end, her speech was like, did not fit at all. It wasn't. The first one was even, so like, good. How does how does nobody know who Wonder Woman is by the time Batman v Superman happens? How about her having new powers? She can fly, and it doesn't happen in the future. This well, she flies. She she flies in the comics now. No, in the movie she doesn't though. And they happen how many years after this? Forty years later. Oh, you're saying why she doesn't fly in yeah. Justice League and all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this movie is 100. percent Patty Jenkins spoke out so much how she didn't like how they interfered in the ending of the first movie, and the movie did so well that this time she didn't have anything. They said they had two choices for it. They wanted her to do um, more fight scenes, more action. And they said to get rid of the double opening. Had she listened to them, this movie could have been a million times better. You didn't need the double opening. You could have opened with her in the mall, done a short flashback to her and Themyscira later on in the movie, 
and the pacing of the movie would have changed, but instead you have to sit through two 15-minute intros. Bef- I would have gotten rid of the second intro, to be honest. The second intro paints this as such a goofy movie. It's, I know it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be Superman. That whole scene is supposed to be an homage to Christopher Reeve's Superman. I mean, hell, Nuclear Man's symbol is at the bottom of the, uh, the, the mall that they're fighting at. Like That scene is such a, 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 a homage. We'll say homage. But it just... I think what made the first Wonder Woman movie work so well is that you had Zack Snyder's dark and gritty look, and then you had Patty Jenkins wanting Wonder Woman to be this bright, shining beacon of hope in the middle. So you had this dark, toned-down world and this bright Wonder Woman in the middle, and it, that contrast worked beautifully. Which is how it she's written in the comics as this bright standout. Like I wouldn't have Whoa. noticed it until she said it, but like even the little thing of her changing Wonder Woman's lipstick from red to like a pink like wonder woman is you know a goddess like she's this beautiful beautiful woman you're not gonna have her blend in when she walks into a room but that this this goes into again the linda carter group and the comic group like as a comic fan i mean i guess at this point spoiler alert for this movie as a comic fan i didn't think maxwell lord was gonna walk away from this movie i was like okay we're gonna get we're gonna get Justice League. We're gonna get Maxwell Lord. His head's gonna whip around. She's gonna and that's gonna end on a dark note where she murders somebody. And I'm like, that's the Wonder Woman I know. My <laughs> Wonder Woman murders people pretty regularly. She's a warrior. But Linda Linda Carter Wonder Woman does not. And that's what this is based on. This is a very I mean, it feels very much like to a point where every every outfit Diana wears is a Linda Carter yep. outfit literally pulled from the 77 show. If you're a Linda Carter fan, you'll like it. If you're a comic fan, you won't. Because again, stepmom and mom both adored that movie. Because it gave them that same nostalgic feel of watching 77 Wonder Woman again. But They didn't care about all the stuff we're talking about. But here's about. the other thing. This movie had no need or right to be set in 1984. If no, anything, <laughs> it would have made more of an impact being set in today's day and time and it would have eliminated a bunch of plot holes that it's now created and probably been more enjoyable because you would have had to been like, oh, look, they're talking on a big phone. Look, there's aerobics people like <laughs> the cheese. Again, it's it's for the Superman. It's for the Christopher Reeves, Linda Carter era of people. That's I think Linda, I think I don't think Patty Jenkins understood who her target audience was because her target audience is my stepmom and my mom who are not going to see the wonder woman movie. If I wasn't around to show it to them, yep. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like that they, they would, if like, they, I don't think anybody is craving Linda Carter, wonder woman to that degree that they would want that movie where those of us who are huge comic fans, especially big DC fans were like, okay, that first movie had glimmer of wonder woman. Like I know. And then we saw that Zack Snyder photo with her holding the severed heads of yep. three enemies. That's the wonder woman. I know <laughs> that's the, that's the no holds bar. That's the, there's a reason I don't have a rogues gallery. Wonder woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It just, it, this movie didn't know what it was or where it fit in the world. And it was somebody being able to go off without a check and balance system. Nobody was being able to step in because Patty Jenkins had final say and final cut. She got to choose what went into this movie and what didn't go into this movie. I think that's because everyone assumed it was just Patty Jenkins that made the first one successful and not acknowledging that Zack Snyder's tone actually helped that movie quite a bit. I think that Zack's being set in Zack Snyder's world 
helped her stand out in that movie. Because here's the thing, in, in Wonder Woman 84, she doesn't stand out from the background. She fits right in. Like she doesn't, she's not as special looking in this movie as she was in the backdrop of World War One. You know what I mean? And like that, mm -hmm. that greenish gritty yep. tone, she stands out like you can't look at anything else. This one, you're like, as you say, there's a big phone. <laughs> there's an aerobics group. Like you're, you're not even looking at Wonder Woman. <laughs> and the tetherball fight scene at the end. Come on. I, I'm not. That's I. There are still enough positives that, again, I see. I see there. There's some fun to be had, but it's not a good movie. Let's move on because we're running low on time and there's much better things to be talking right. about. So first I'm off, sorry, I'm Gal, just going to rattle I still off love some you, things. But that movie was trash. Uh, Captain America. Let's just get this out of the way. Everyone was like, he's going to be in more movies and, and maybe some Disney Plus shows. And then he... News to me. He didn't know what anyone was talking about. So this is why you shouldn't just believe things as soon as they're announced. Um, and who knows? Maybe he's lying and he does show up in something. I don't even know what to believe anymore. It's Disney. Uh, so from there, Charlie, oh, we already talked about Charlie Cox, Black Widow. I'm still hoping for a May theatrical release, but we'll see. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see something very similar with Black Widow that we just saw with Cherry and Apple TV Plus, which is it's going to be in theaters for like two weeks, then it moves to the streaming service. I have a feeling we're going to see very something very similar with um, Black right Widow. now. I think we're seeing maybe some cracks in the wall between Disney and Marvel. Because I feel like Disney wants to put this on Disney Plus where they can charge the $20 or whatever it was. But Kevin Fahey doesn't want that. And they're kind of going back and forth. Because at this point, he's like, I don't want to guess. So it almost sounds like he's not in a position where he can make the decision on his own. Oh, I think it's more than that. I think it's, I think it's um, Scarlett Johansson's ticket deal. She, yeah. she got the same deal that Robert Downey Jr. had, which is, remember in, during Age of Ultron, they all wanted to quit, and they all wanted to renegotiate because they wanted the weekend ticket sales? Right. That's what made Robert Downey Jr. so wealthy off mm -hmm. that movie. But they all wanted the same thing. Now Black Widow gets her own movie, so she would get all of that, that money would all go to her, yeah. and then COVID happens. And that's why you're not seeing so Top Gun. That's why you're not seeing, no. you know, well, that's New Fast you see and Warner Furious. Brothers, how many lawsuits is Warner Brothers involved in right now? A ton. The... They are not doing well. And they also they had to pay Patty Jenkins $10 million and they had to pay Gail Gadot $10 million mm -hmm. for them to be okay with putting Wonder Woman on. Um, so like Chris Pine didn't get that. No. The question you know, is... Cheetah didn't get that. The question is, are they actually saving money by doing that though? I don't, well, I think they probably did with the one movie, but they're not, if they're going to, if they have to shell out that kind of cash for all of those movies that they announced are going to just go to the streaming service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that's going to go well. That thing that's going to hurt because I don't know. I mean, look, I love HBO Max, but I don't know if they have enough subscribers where that makes it. Well, you know, also think about this. They're not the advertising isn't, you know, some companies will spend a hundred million dollars on advertising. That's not happening. So, you know, if you spend a hundred million to make the movie, a hundred million to, you know, advertise for it, all you need now is a hundred million dollars to make back, which you yeah. could get from streaming. And they are, I don't know if you've seen HBO Max is they're targeting the audience based on what they're watching. So if you watch the comic book stuff, they just sent an email out with all the Batman comic news. So HBO max sent an email saying, Hey, here's major events happening in the Batman comic world. Here's movies coming out for them. Here's this. So they're going to be trying new things. Listen, although did you, did you hear they, uh, they turned down uh, green arrow and the canaries. They did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So CW said nah, and then HBO Max went double nah. And then the president for CW also said that the Arrow will not be getting a revival. But he also said Swamp Thing's probably going to be in the uh, in the Arrowverse now. So that'll be interesting for their the the most recent crossover they were going to do has been canceled. But hey, if we get a crossover with like, give me a Superman. Give me a Superman uh, Swamp Thing story. Get, oh, give us a Constantine Swamp Thing show. Oh, I'd be. Oh <laughs> my God, dude! I would. Man, There's I'm your tired. replacement for Arrow. All right, real quick, real quick. Uh, Morbius push back. Gonna be in the fall now. Yeah, I'm sad yeah. about that. Yeah, but we'll it, we'll get it. It'll be October 9th. Uh, Deadpool three Mar- canceled. Okay, okay. Now this is. I've been trying to get to this and get give this some time because <laughs> my goodness so all right first off deadpool 3 is the thing that's happening it's going to be in the mcu and it's going to be rated r we got our cake and we're eating it too <laughs> no one th- we all thought it was going to be one or the other nobody thought it was going to be both N- no one we all were like okay disney's going to have it he's going to try and curse and they're going to beep it or something or his movies will have nothing to do with the mcu right so the fact that we're getting both is huge. Ryan Reynolds is overseeing the script, but Ryan Reynolds is also a very busy man, according to Kevin Feige, and he's not, he's not currently working on it, so we're going to have some time before this actually happens. Uh, the rumor, uh, this, that's what Kevin Feige said, but the rumor is, you know what the working title for this is? Like what the script's title so far is? Deadpool 3 Retcon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so uh, from what I understand... He is in the MCU. He can make reference and characters from the MCU can show up. He will not affect the MCU. This is how I understand it's going to work. He, but there is rumor that he might be the cameos moving forward. So the Stan Lee Because that's what the fans want, and if MCU is smart, they'll listen to the fans. Yes. Absolutely. 100%. Um, right now, I think Ryan Reynolds has two Netflix movies he has to film. Because um, he's doing the sequels to The Six Underground. Thank God. Which, if you haven't seen that movie, <laughs> it's great. It really is great. Um, but I'm a little 50-50 on Ryan Reynolds overseeing everything because I think part of the magic of the first movie was what's-his-name that left because him and Ryan Reynolds had a falling out. Tim Miller. Tim Miller. The second movie, I don't hold to the same level as the first movie. And I don't know if that was studio stepping in or just Ryan, again, not having somebody to keep him in check. So who knows what'll go going forward? It's good. Deadpool two is good enough for me that if you switched out Domino and added Black Widow, I'm a hundred percent in. You know what I mean? Like take Deadpool two as good as Deadpool two was and add the MCU to it. It's it's phenomenal. Like take take X Force's characters, remove them and replace them with the Avengers, and have the same quality as Deadpool two. It's already better. True. Right. Life could be good, but it could be better. <laughs> Thank you. Life is good. Um. But let's, uh, okay, so because we're, we're running, I mean, I try to hit an hour and we're already there. So let's, uh, let's just rattle off. Time some means that, nothing. Uh, well, let's just go into what happened over the last couple of months. So let's start with um, King in Black. King in Black, do you want, uh, you want to give a quick breakdown on it? Not me. <laughs> I get, I'll do a quick breakdown on King in Black. King in Black right, is so King in, killing everybody. Oh, you got it? Yes, um, quite literally. The fact that he was able to kill Sentry. With well, let's let's run back on what is the King in Black, just in case somebody is unaware what that is. So he is the god of the symbiotes. He's a big dragon man. He has control over all the symbiotes for the most part, 
and he's coming to earth to take it over that that's not 100% clear well he's coming for dylan so so Noel the symbiote god coming to earth as 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 Maurer was just saying but he keeps saying that he's he's there for uh for brock i'm here for brock and you keep thinking the whole time that it's for venom and then you find out that it has nothing to do with venom because what we've learned recently is that Dylan, the son of Eddie Brock, has the ability to control symbiotes, which is very similar to the powers of Null. So Null sees him as an actual threat where nobody else... Dude, he wrecked the world in minutes. Yep. Like, minutes the world was over. It was incredible how fast... Like, you don't think about how a guy who has a whole bunch of symbiotes, how dangerous that really is until you saw the ocean of symbiotes that landed on Earth. Well, and people also didn't realize the impact of him being able to kill Sentry without breaking a sweat, Sentry is probably one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. Well, he just tied Sentry into the, the symbiote lore. He, he said, I control the Void. I am the Void, and pulled the Void out of Sentry. Because the Void is apparently part of the darkness that he controlled before the birth of the Marvel Universe. Like, that's how wildly powerful this dude is. Although, did you see that Star-Lord is the only character so far that's been able to withstand him? Well, and you have... Of all characters, Star-Lord. And you now have Tony Stark in that symbiote suit that looks like he's not able to be controlled anymore, so we'll see what happens with that. Well, yeah, and then he fought, he, he fought Santa Claus <laughs> when Santa Claus was, was taken over by a symbiote with Doctor Doom, which is a fun issue you should read. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the, I think the wildest thing, so spoiler alert for the book, wildest thing is the death of Eddie Brock and seeming like the rebirth of Flash Thompson. Because remember, Flash has been gone yep. for a bit now, and seeing that little, that little tease at the end that we're going to get Flash coming back. And just think, all of this kind of started way back in Venom Space Night. Yeah, well, what's so brilliant about Donny Cates is that Donny Cates, unlike like a Jonathan Hickman, who like all his stories run together, like you could just read Jonathan Hickman, Donny Cates did a brilliant job of looking at like what Jason Aarons did with Thor and was like, okay, I'm going to pull that into my world, right? So he was smart because he, instead of just looking at what he's been adding to the universe, he's been tying it to what everyone else has been adding to the universe. So the fact, like, for example, I love knowing that if, if Gore the God Butcher is going to be the villain in Thor 4, that means that Null exists in the cinematic universe because you can't have the God Butcher sword without Null. Without Null. Yep. So Null is a part of the MCU, meaning that Venom is definitely a part of the MCU. There's, there's no question there now. So if we've seen them in Nowhere, which we now know is the head created by Null, and you're going to get gore, Null has to come. Like, we have to see or hear from Null at some point. And the past, what's it been, five years of Venom, I was never a Venom fan. Like, Venom was always cool, but I wasn't... I would have never said I'm a Venom fan. Starting with this show forcing me to read Space Night and me going, shit, I kind of like where they're going with this. And then reading the subsequent stories getting bigger and more involved. I'm a huge Venom fan now. Like, this has made Venom rather than an offshoot of, you know, Spider-Man. He's a bigger character and probably more impactful in his backstory than a lot of characters on the top tier now. Well, it feel it almost feels like a flashbook in a weird way. Yes. Because now, so you have Venom, so you have the, the first Venom arc that you're talking about, Space Knight, I mean, that's Brian Michael Bendis, and it was cool, 
But it wasn't until Donnie Cates got a hold of it and, uh, and turned the Clintar into a cage and was holding Noel, you know, and then that's when we got was the, the Grendel, yeah. uh, the dragons. Like, once we started getting all of that, he took Brian Michael Bendis' idea and made it so much better. Like, uh, what was, what is, uh, you made it a hotline, I made it a hot song? Yeah. <laughs> that's what he did. <laughs> he took a throwaway thing that Brian Michael Bendis did and made the coolest arc, as well as, like, I didn't, I didn't read the Vietnam stuff, did you? The Venom Vietnam no. stuff? He's apparently played a big role in the King in Black now. So really? if you read that book, yeah, so a- anybody who's tied to the symbiotes now has their own little symbiote family like the Flash family is. It's, it's wild. This is this has pushed Venom as, as a top-tier character, in my opinion, because of how much they've expanded his lore over the last year. Moshko, have you read any of this yet? I started way back when, when it first started. Um, I don't remember any of it, and I haven't kept up. But I'm looking at the list here of all the tie-ins and the actual story, and there's a lot of reading here. Did you, did you the last tie-in? So, okay, spoiler alert for the last tie-in. You now have, um, we talked about this before, Mary Jane becoming Carnage. Yeah, she's now Carnage twice. What a weird book that is. <laughs> uh, so, the, the fact that we've got, you know, the, um, the new, I didn't like the new Guardians book. I didn't like that very much. I didn't like Star-Lord being the god, like the celestial god that can, mm-hmm. like, in his love triangle Noel. it's like okay all right relax champ. <laughs> you're, you're star lord dude well apparently they're using this as a way to bring him back to the original version of star lord from like what the 50s 60s uh, 60s? i never liked star lord so well but way before we got the guardians of the galaxy star lord is an old old character that has nothing to do with peter quill star lord is an old 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 character um apparently they're trying to merge the two characters together to expand the lineage of Peter Quill as we've known him to connect to that original version of Star-Lord. 1976. 76. Wow. I thought it was so, earlier. I mean, look, you can pull it off. Cool beans. I don't really care. All right. All right let's move on to the next thing. Uh, Death Metal. We already went into it. We don't need to talk about that. What do you think of Legends? Did you guys watch it was of the terrible. Episodes? I thought it was going to be insightful. It was just a highlight a reel gotcha. of the characters. It's, that's exactly what it is. I think it's a brilliant idea. Because you know we're going to get uh, Falcon and Winter Soldiers right before that comes out. So for, instead of anyone feeling the need to watch 22 movies to get caught up to where these need to be, you could just watch 15 minutes worth of highlight reels and go, okay, that's right. That's my quick reminder. Let's go into the show now. I would have liked a little bit of like a creator talking about and like explaining what's... I would have loved some interviews. Like, You're right. The, I would have loved some The DC, when uh, Fandom came out, the free content they gave out for Joker. Did you watch that? Mm-hmm. Like oh the Joker documentary yeah, they put the out like yeah, forty minute Joker documentary like something like that in short form was what I was expecting maybe if I go back and watch it it's not for you and I but like I was expecting more than what it was so it was disappointing yep it to me it's for someone like like my sister who's seen all the Marvel movies but doesn't really care. And she's like, oh, WandaVision. Maybe I'll check that out since I'm sitting at home. Hey, can we move on from this? Do I got to watch Do I gotta watch six hours we, worth of movies to understand what's going on? Can we on? move on from this? Because the next thing's really freaking cool. All right. Let's talk about <laughs> The Mandalorian. <laughs> let's get it. This is what I didn't want to spoil earlier, but I guess at this point we're going to spoil now. Wow. Season two of The Mandalorian. Holy crap. So, so I'm going to be. I was really upset that we did not get a chance to actually, like, I, Ma- <laughs> tell me if I'm wrong, but Moshko and Bauer, I'm hitting both of them up like, we should probably record an episode <laughs> <laughs> we should probably record for this so 
beginning of the season I loved. They did lose me a little bit in the middle, uh, just because the backdoor pilot for uh, Ahsoka just felt out of the what they were doing oh, with the move the I show. Loved it. It was a great I standalone episode, but when I was looking for the Mandalorian, and I also would have loved to see him versus Bruce Lee's goddaughter. Well, to me, that's it. To me, it's very much like um, the show that what's Boba Fett's sidekick's name? Uh, me, ooh, I'll look that up. Um, it's, well, uh, remember in the first season, her episode was very much an introduction of her. Like it, it really didn't address or connect to anything larger. Uh, it became more important, but that's it. Felt like that. So it just like as I was watching, I guess I was really this first time I was really anticipating the next episode to see more Mando, and he wasn't really a big factor in that episode i was like what the hell but then robbie freaking rodriguez dropped in and did something i never thought was possible he made me like boba fett and when you watch the interview with him he's like listen i looked at his boba fett's never going to be on screen again and i need to make him as badass as his fans has said he has been for all these years and he did his pre-res with his sons and action figures in you know true robert rodriguez fashion um, and he said, I took three pages of script and turned it into like 15 minutes of action. Like, mm. so that got me back hyped again and the story was getting good and I was watching it with the wife. We're on the final episode and the single X-Wing comes in. I'm like, oh, great. They're going to get me hype and then they're going <laughs> to mess me up. And then you see him walk down the hall and you see a gloved hand do the force. And I was like, uh, who, who are they going to disappoint me with? If this is Mace Windu, I'm going to be pissed. And then all of a sudden you see an ungloved hand and I went, please don't make me cry. And then <laughs> you get the payoff and that payoff of seeing Luke mother fucking Skywalker on screen in a, like as a Jedi was the best thing I've ever seen in the star Wars universe to date. I do not disagree with you dude. that. I was so shocked. I've had so much fun just watching people's reactions to that scene that I don't watch reaction videos, but oh my God, I just, just to watch the pure joy on people's face when they realize what's happening in that. Cause I, I gasped multiple times. Like there's no way, there's no way, there's no way this is happening. This is not going to be a thing. <laughs> even, even when they, even when they just like, they put the cherry on top and R2 came out. I'm like, <gasps> like it's the most fan service shit ever happened that ever happened. There was like, there was no need for that to happen, but I was like, Oh, R2. Um, I wa- my wife and I watched the episode, that episode again the next day just to watch it again like that m- episode on its own had a very good arc it you know it was amazing now a few weeks later a month later and I'm going shit they just walk themselves into a hole with what happens to all Luke's students because that's only 20 years away and if from age zero to 50, Grogu hasn't matured that much, unless all of a sudden he gets exponentially older and more mature to step away and be a master, he's going to be dead in 19 years. Dude, if he can survive Anakin, he can survive Ben. Somebody saved him from Anakin. And you don't think that could happen again? Like, I'm, come on now, dude. He, Grogu is way too popular for Ben Solo. For Ben Solo. I mean, first off, there's rumor that the, that that took place in a, an alternate reality that never actually happened. 
So we're we're at a point a crossroads here on whether or not Star Wars actually ends the way we think it ends because <laughs> it's a possibility that the new trilogy never actually happened in the first place. So now that John Favreau and Dave Fellini have the 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 keys to the to the kingdom, I I don't know if the Ray trilogy is gonna have the weight it did. As long as Kathleen Kennedy is involved, it will. Well, apparently she's she's not the the head honcho anymore. She is terrible. Like you didn't hear about that whole thing that happened. You know, have you ever heard of Star Wars Theory? No. Star Wars Theory is a YouTuber who has millions of followers. He's like the biggest YouTuber for Star Wars. Um, and when he did his reaction, he cried. And the camp at uh, the Kathleen Kennedy camp, one of their producers mocked him for crying. And it became this whole big deal uh, that they became this, jo- this Dave Fellini, John Favreau camp, and then the Kathleen Kennedy camp. And apparently, from what from all the Star Wars rumors that I've heard is that in house in Lucas Films there is the Kathleen Kennedy camp who's very pissed that um, John Favreau's story arc is become the center of Star Wars. Well, now. did you watch the, the, the behind the scenes for the first season? Mm. Okay, so I was never a fan of hers. Like this entire time she's been involved with Lucas Films, she's always kind of had that chip on her shoulder that it's going to be my way, like. So John Favreau, if you haven't seen his old show, Dinner for Five, the behind the scenes for Mandalorian is basically Dinner for Five, but Star Wars. It's him and the directors and some of the people involved just telling stories. So John Favreau asks a question to the table. I'd love to hear, you know, your experience in Star Wars X, Y, and Z. And it gets to one person. It gets to a guy who worked with Lucas right before the prequels were announced. And he, you know, Favreau asked him, he's like, do you think Lucas was going to do always going to do the prequels and he goes well every year we'd ask about it in our big meeting and he go no and then you started seeing him get a little bit more excited and then kathleen kennedy interrupts his story and she goes well i've been with him since the beginning he was always going to do those like just cuts the guy off discredits everything he says and just basically hijacks nobody else at the table gets to talk because she had to say her piece and i was like wow that really that didn't jive with everything. She did, that's that's she old did that Hollywood. That's old. She did that like four or five interviews that she that Mark Hamill started going off about the Last Jedi and how that that wasn't his Luke and she would she would get in she would jump in in the middle of him talking. Um, it's it was interesting going down the Star Wars theory rabbit hole that I went through because now I the prequels make a little bit more sense to me like why people like like I still don't like Hayden Christensen's vader that much but they all think he's a god well so i said that on the last show we talked about like he's got love and you guys were like no he doesn't there is love no he does for hayden Mm -hmm. he does and and i've and i've finally seen the group that they're referring to like i've seen like and i i get it like after watching a like so this is what the dude did i forget his name is pablo something or other but he mocked him for crying he said of course you're going to shed tears from your millions of followers or some something like all right that was a little tongue-in-cheek that was a little messed up and so he said, I'm going to give you so long to, uh, to apologize. And so instead of apologizing, he deletes his tweet, but then he makes the entire thread conversation and makes it his banner photo. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, and then uh, Mark Hamill jumped in saying how much he appreciates um, Dave Fellini and, and um, John Favreau, which then added a lot of fuel to the fire because Luke's on our side now. It's like, there's a whole in, maybe, maybe that's a whole other issue that we can go into about the, the Star Wars fans and, and Lucas it's, films. I mean, it's the it's, first... Th- it's an interesting thing. It's the first thing that's come out in how many years where the overall, you know, judgment on it is it's fantastic. Like, th- no one is saying anything bad about it, at least that I'm seeing. 
So, you know, anybody that's been on the other side of it, you know, 10 years ago and the prequel or the sequels and everything just started rolling, it, you know, getting all that hate and all that backlash, you know. Well, I think in Majka, you and I talked about this. The only negative things, and they're not even negative, like for me, I don't want to have to watch the Clone Wars because I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, the weight of that, I feel, is going to be lifted with all these new shows they announced. So now Mandalorian can be the Mandalorian. Like, you're going to have other shows for fan service for those people. It's all going to connect. So you'll still have stories and you'll you have to know what's going on. But your shows are still going to be your shows and it's not going to feel in the middle of it taking a left turn to come back to it. And I think, well, I don't, I don't know how, how into the next season of the Mandalorian you're going to be, cause it's going to tie pretty heavy into rebels from what I understand. Cause it's, it's going to be all about man, but it's going to be a new, like I didn't mind it tying into it. What I didn't like was the stopping the story to have to introduce a character. Like, Except this is the only thing I would say, and I don't disagree with you, but what you saw there is every is is the person that you want to have the reins having the reins. You saw John Favreau set up his universe, yep. is what you saw. And the universe is set was. up now. Yep. So absolutely. And this is also why Kathleen Kennedy's camp is so upset is that they announced all these shows and how many of them had to do with the trilogy the sequel trilogy? Uh, one, two. Cassian and uh that Cassian's not the sequel trilogy. That I, that's not that a new, what, new hope was or not new hope um, Rogue One that yeah. that, that wasn't her is it? Well, I mean she, she might be involved, but it, it's not her trilogy. Okay, it's that's still connected to the the broader things. Like other than a, we got we saw the Snoke in uh, Mandalorian, and we saw some characters uh, like some races of creatures that show up later on in the the sequel trilogy. There was nothing that tied to any of them. She nope. uh, she was a producer on Rogue One, but. You know, there's always like 10 well, she's ahead for these movies. So, yeah, she's their yeah, Kevin Feige. Well, that wasn't her movie. Like, there, where's, where's a Finn show? Where's a Poe show? Where's a BB show? We got a droid story coming out about uh, R2 and 3PO, which could be the story of how Grogu survived Order 66. Well, he was Maybe actually. That's why R2 is all excited. Because he was in R2. Because he, well, because <laughs> R2, R2, maybe R2 is the one who saved him from Order 66. Was he even on planet? We don't know. We know he was at the temple. Oh, he was at the temple. We know he was at the temple. So he he survived Anakin's attack on the Jedi. I can't wait for them to show, because you know they're going to have to show him surviving, like seeing another angle of that massacre. Well, the the big rumor is is that they that Sebastian Stan is in con, is in talks currently to play Luke Skywalker in a Luke Skywalker show with Grogu. Uh, I already used That's my F word, creating, but yes, <laughs> creating the Jedi order. That'd be, Can it be rated R. No, we're setting a precedent. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that one. Won't. And Deadpool um, pops in. Uh, all right. We also got some crazy, uh, the Marvel announcements and the trailers. So the Falcon and the Winter Soldier trailer looked great. Loki looked outstanding. Loki. Whew, can't wait for, for some Loki. Uh, I love the alternate timelines that that opened up. Like that one shot of New York that looks like the nuke hit New York. Yep. Mm-hmm. Blew me away. Um, I can't wait to see the, what is it? The Marshalls show? The Star Wars with uh, Gina Carano? Mm. That they announced? I didn't see that one. I forget what it's called, but it lo- looks I, like it's going to be the Gina Carano show. I thought the Gina, I thought Gina Carano was like in some hot water. Um, she's not as much hot water as uh, Shuri's about to be in. <laughs> oh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I have a feeling that Marvel's going to hopefully sweep that one. Marvel's like, yeah, just don't talk about that ever again, and let's just move on, because... <laughs> We got nothing else. And a lot like so a lot of people otherwise you're gonna have Mbaku becomes the next Black Panther. A lot of people have come from the set to embrace and try and defend Gina. Like everybody on set has tweeted about it and said, like, you guys don't understand. Like so they want her, but and everybody loves her on set. Like you I haven't seen an interview where they didn't go like she's amazing. There's a cool spot in that behind the scenes where they were going to swap out like a, a dummy. For her to lift in the season finale of season one and she didn't know that so she just lifts goes down and lifts the body up and drags it and they're like oh we forgot she's really freaking strong okay so that's why in the second season they really show her physicality because they were oh she's she just beats the dude with yep. the, on the jams of the fact the gun jams is, and then she still doesn't get shot like the stormtroopers never got better. <laughs> <laughs> never got better um all right uh, you know what we we talked a lot. We did. I think let's just stop. If we missed anything over the last couple months that you want us to get, you want to get our quick opinion on, put it in the comment section or just let us know and we'll throw it into the next issue. But I think we need to wrap we up. We do need to wrap up. <laughs> we, I am losing my voice. We've covered a lot. What I am that? losing my voice. <laughs> Is that a bad thing? Um, hey. <laughs> Listen here. It's not a bad thing now that it's the end of the show. Very true. Would have sucked in the beginning. <laughs> so I really <laughs> like that that thing. It was fantastic. I whispered because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, twenty twenty one looks like it's going to be a good year for geeks. Uh, iHeartRadio, Fireside, and uh, I can't wait to see the people that we book on the show. Oh. Forgot to make the announcement. You're not going to care about it, Menti. Uh, but co- in comic news, our very own friend of Fireside, Dirk Manning, hey. is going to be writing the bio comic for Tony Schiavone, um, oh. who is uh, in the world of wrestling, one of the biggest names, announcer, part of WCW. He's on AEW right now. But it looks cool because every story they're going to tell is getting a different artist. Um, so they're going to be telling the different phases of his career and he's been around forever, but it's going to be like an anthology with different artists and all. Um, Dirk said he will come on the show. Um, and we're going to see if we get Tony Schiavone to come on too. Nice. Um, because it's sting and I love AEW and Tony Schiavone, but <laughs> that kickstart, I think starts next week for that. If you are a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of Dirk and his writing, check that out. And uh, our friend Garrett Gunn also has a new book. I proofread it last night. That's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah? It's, uh, it's going to be a graphic novel, like an actual novel. Uh, a little novella graphic where it's like a full page of writing and then art. I don't know how much he's going to let me talk about it, but I've read it. The, <laughs> I read the first half of the first story, like the main story, and I can't wait to get the next pages in front of me. So we'll have him on. Oh, we'll have him on. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot <laughs> so of guests. We'll I'm going to name drop again. We're going to have Kevin Smith on this year. Yes, That's happening. Yes, we will. And he's also, never mind. Uh, you know, the, sh- the show is going to slightly evolve soon. Yeah. <laughs> slightly. So uh, on that note, I just want to say, like, really savor this. Menti, do that thing. You can find the show at Welcome to Fireside everywhere online. That's at Welcome to Fireside, your social media choice, unless it's Twitter, which is Fireside Crew. And if you enjoyed the show, likes, 
comments, rating, all goes a long way. We truly appreciate the support. We truly appreciate, honestly, everybody that's kind of stuck with us and still meshes Justin's stuff while we were on this break. Because, like, I love the fact that there was there was still, like, a, a vibrant little community there. So, I appreciate y'all. Uh, uh, yeah, once again, I'm Menti. I'm Moshko. Thanks for pointing at me. Uh, you can find me everywhere with just Moshko. We'll leave it at that. Um, yeah, commercials and stuff from the company soon. You know, we'll we'll do some sponsorship stuff. <laughs> and on that, don't don't forget to check out welcome to fireside.com for your fireside needs. Wow. Don't forget to check us out on iHeartRadio. I was Radio. just gonna say that. <laughs> just didn't let me finish that. it. I was gonna say right, Menti. Go so any else, anything other websites that we want to mention that you can find us on? iHeartRadio. What's cool about iHeartRadio is if you just if you just search Fireside Chats for the first podcast that pops up. Finally. Finally. I know. <laughs> I know. And hit follow. I know. Hit follow. Thanks, iHeart. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. It's good to be back. Uh, there was definitely some nerves going into this show. But uh, we did it. Oh, not me. I've been, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> been waiting all week. I've been like, oh. Mendy like, has oh, been wait. so antsy this week. Uh, I feel like I feel like at the beginning of November, like when you take a fire hose and like or like a like a water hose and you just squish it <laughs> and you just let that pressure build up until this moment. Now, now I'm like, okay. <laughs> Although I have to say, I've got I seven months of things worth to talk about. I think the Thanksgiving through New Year's break might be just. A normal thing going forward because it was amazing. <laughs> well, let's for let's let's see how the year shapes up. Because if all of a sudden we get conventions again, I doubt that's going to happen. But say a miracle <laughs> happens and we get conventions, let me hope, bro. Let me hope. Everyone's shaking their head. Let me hope. <laughs> Everybody, thank you for joining us for the Welcome to Fireside After Show. I'm your host Dave, <laughs> and uh, we'll be talking with our hosts Menti and Mauer. Yeah, well, I guess we should end right. it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This is the most this is the most anticlimactic. On that note, deuces. Deuces. Thanks, Joseph.